0: Hey guys it's us here and welcome to another episode of buy pumpkin <sighs> guys you know I've been on this health journey I think I talked about it last time I did a podcast um uh so like in 2020 I intended to like get all my overdue health stuff and um you know just Get all my tests done, all my all my shit done. So I've got my physical and all that. And I did this week. I did um, a guided appointment with a midwife, um, and and I haven't had one in a long time because well, I, I I talked about it. I think maybe on maybe on the bonus episode this week. But I talked about like what my last experience was. It was like really wild. Um, but this one, you know, she's very nice to me and which is a requirement to be around me is to be nice to me <laughs> I note: bunny um, uh, likes a boy I mean this isn't the first time bunny likes all the boys bunny uh, keeps tracks of who likes her and, and all that other stuff it's great but you know she came home and she wanted to tell me about it and she, she goes um, she goes I like someone And I go oh is it Kyle And she goes, how did you know? I was like, I don't know. All you talk about is Kyle. What Kyle wore, what Kyle did, what Kyle was doing over there. And also, Kyle's kind of mean. He's been mean to Bunny, uh, telling her that uh, her glasses are too big and that she's hairy. She has hair on her legs and that he doesn't think her last name is... uh, he can tell that her last name isn't her last name and she's a liar. Like, stuff like that. Like, I want to fuck Kyle up. But anyway, she tells me she's like, well, he apologized for those mean things. I was like, it doesn't matter. As soon as someone's mean, they're ugly. That's it. They're ugly people. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. And she's like, well, another boy likes me. I said, I don't even know who that is, but he sounds handsome. Like, that's... (laughs) And that's me, like, pushing my... The way I operate in the world. Like, I don't like people who are nice to me. People that are nice to me are smart. They're very good looking. And they have great taste. And, so, and this has helped me a lot in the world. Because as soon as somebody is mean to me or tries to neg me or any of that bullshit, I'm, they're immediately like, oh, wow, what happened to this person's face? They used to be so cute. I'm so unattracted to this person uh cheryl Strayed, when she had her um podcast used to say that her the thing she finds the most attractive in partners is people who are really really into her <laughs> agree agree <laughs> and the moment you're not that into me or you act like you're not that into me i'm like oh well i don't I don't know, something about this person I used to like, but now I don't like them at all. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but that's how I am as a person. Like, I really, like, you, I'm just not someone you could be around and be mean to, and I'll just be, I'll just, like, keep trying to have early. I'm just not going to. <laughs> because yeah, I'm immediately turned off about this. Anyways, so, my wife's being nice to me, so I was like, oh, she's very professional, and she knows what she's doing. I know that because she's being nice to me. <laughs> and, so, and, um, you know, I do the thing, get in position, or whatever, and she goes, "Wow, you have a gorgeous cervix," and I was like, "What? You say it to everyone? I bet you say it to everyone, whatever." And she's like, "No, no, no, no. I do not say it to everyone. I don't. Your cervix is gorgeous. It is like beautiful." And I was like, okay, and she's like, I don't have, she's like, usually I have a mirror in here, I would show it to you, but your cervix, girl, gorgeous. And you know what? I've been telling everybody about that since. You know why? Because it's important that people know. (laughs) No, seriously though, um, you know, like I've had a long journey with my body. Like I've always been a fat person, I've been a fat kid all my life and a fat woman. And I have dealt with a lot of, like, colorism issues and race stuff and just not, my body not being enough of things, right? All my life, like, and then dealing with chronic illness, like, I have a lot of, I wouldn't say that I have negative opinions about my body, but I've had negative experiences with other people's, like, perception of my body. I'll say that right? And I'm enjoying these little things. Like, I, it's nice to know my cervix is cervixing. It's nice to know my blood pressure is that bitch. Like, it's nice to know my big toe is doing exactly what the fuck it's supposed to be doing. I love that. These are little celebrations. Like, people might get tired of me talking about them. Like, I did want to, like, make up like, business cards, it said. Princess Jones Curtis, gorgeous cervix. <laughs> but the fact is, like, I am, like, enjoying finding ways to celebrate my body one little bit at a time. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at the good side of things. I am celebrating that my body is doing the thing it's supposed to be doing, which means it's great. I mean, yeah. And, you know, I have a mammogram in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to getting some um, feedback on these nipples. (laughs) And I'll be sure to let you know. But, guys, as usual, I'm exhausted. I've had a long week. A lot of stuff's happening. I'm like, you know, I'm not the oldest in my department at my job, but I am older than quite, like, half the department. And some stuff's been going on. It's, like, real fucking high school type shit. And it's taken a lot out of me to not to not talk to them like they're my children because they aren't, you know? I have big mom energy no matter what, guys, by the way. Like, I have been mothering people since i was a small child even when i had no intention of having any kids i was still i was a mom person okay i i would take in people and and animals and projects and shit that needed love and like love them to fucking death and though when i am hanging out with people that are like 10 years younger than me i i like try to like curb that because it can come off as condescending you know what i'm saying i'm not anybody's mother but like one of them was talking to me and he was, and he had said something about how do I always know the right answer for stuff? And I was like, cause I'm old. I already had all these fights like 50 times already. Like this is new to you because it is. And in 15 years or so, you are going to be talking to someone and being like, yeah, that never works out the way you thought it was going to work out because of this. And it's going to be coming from experience, but that's exhausting too, because it does feel like I'm working with children like unprofessional children sometimes. And even some of the people older than me, unprofessional children. Um, I actually told them like, if we, if at the point we're at now, if you guys were my, if, this was, if we were at home, I would have already sent you to your rooms. There's like, we're not going to keep doing this over and over again. It's stressful for the rest of the people here. It's, it's counterproductive. Like nobody's getting shit done. Cause y'all too busy doing that over there. And no and it's not helpful. it's not helpful for anybody and so, like this week has been like a big, stressful one. I've just been exhausted on Monday. I called out and just slept. That's all I did. I slept all fucking day, um, and I'm still tired. I don't know, maybe I got like uh maybe I got some some new chronic ailments, but I'm just exhausted this week um and so like. I intended to do some extra recording that I didn't get to because of that. But that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, I'm going to do a Princess Diaries episode soon for the Patreon. I did do a Lula Rich um, episode. I really like that documentary. And You guys know I love scams and frauds and pyramid schemes and um, schemes to defraud the government. Like I love that shit, man. I love it. It's so, I, it gets my interest and in, I really enjoyed the documentary. It was four parts, but I was able to, they were easy to, to watch. So I was able to talk about it in about two hours. So if you are a member of the Patreon, make sure you, you know, head on over. Make sure you listen. And we'll be back to Celebrity Rehab starting next week. And I'm going to be having some guests on. Um, I want to talk about our donation this month. This month I donated to um, Emily Cease. She is a... Um, cancer, I don't, I don't like the word survivor because here's the thing, like, the way we talk about cancer is that some people are the fight in their life and either win and they lose. But like, I don't like thinking of people who die from cancer as losers. Like, like, they just didn't fight hard enough. I don't, I don't like that. And I know that's not the intention, but that's how it sounds. I don't like it. But, um, Emily's living with cancer. Um, she, back in, I want to say 2017, it might've been earlier, found out that she had an inoperable brain tumor and she, she did have some bits of, but it's not removable. And she went through chemo and all this and, you know, she couldn't work anymore. Um, her husband is also disabled and Um, I've known Emily a long time, um, back when I was blogging, back when I was, um, uh, coaching other people to freelancing, to do, to doing freelance work, um, back when I was a big, like, participant in the freelance scene, the internet freelance scene, um, which sounds ridiculous, but (laughs) it was a thing. And, um, that's, I know her from her blog, Ceases Pieces, um, her name sound, her name is spelled like Seuss but it's spelled, it's pronounced cease. Um, And I just remember like, she's been an internet friend for a really long time. And when she discovered she had that brain tumor, it was rough. And also she went on a year long fight with her disability um, insurer who did not want to provide the long-term disability payment she's entitled to. Um, and that was exhausting along with going through chemo and the, the tumor and her husband's disabled and like, and then during COVID her father died and a couple of months later she, her tumor had grown. So they need to go back to chemo. Um, you know, and at this point she's on disability. She lives off of disability. She lives off of donations and, and a part of me was like, you can't donate to Emily. Emily's your friend, but no, 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 I can do what the fuck I want to. And so this this month, I donated to Emily to help with uh, caregiver stuff, to help her get through the month. Uh, It's food. It's um, When she's on chemo, she can't do anything, guys. And if you guys want to know more about Emily and her journey, she's writing about it, um, you can follow Emily at Emily at Emily C's. So it's E-M-I-L-Y-C-S-S-U-E-S-S. Um, you can uh, find more, find out more about her and find out ways to donate at emilycease.com, spelled the same way. Uh, she has a GoFundMe. You can also donate through, through PayPal or Venmo, or excuse me, Cash App. So we did it. Um, and she is like an excellent person to follow. Um where she talks a lot about disability rights. Um, She also, her blog is great, it's at emilysees.com, where she is chronicling her uh, treatments, especially her second time through chemo. And she's got a memoir coming out. Um, It's it's gonna be called, Who You Gonna Believe? And she's working on it now. So these are like all ways you can connect with Emily. And if you have a few extra bucks, feel free to give it to her. and for those of you who support this podcast through Patreon, you are the reason I was able to donate to her this month. Thank you so much. Thank you for your Patreon dollars. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to donate money every month. For those of you who would like to find other ways to support this podcast, you can follow me at Princess on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow this podcast at um, Podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm always looking for reviews I want people to know what the podcast is about in your own words and and like why you show up every Sunday to listen to this shit. So tell them, leave me a review on Apple podcast. Um, I just appreciate you guys. Um, I know I like once a month I say this, but I, I don't I think that's I think that's fine to make sure you guys know that the fact that you're listening to this is a big deal to me. You're supporting me. You're letting me be creative. You're letting me talk about the shit I want to fucking talk about. And if you support through the Patreon, you also allow me to, like, donate places. And that makes me happy, too. So just thanks, guys. And let's talk about some Mob Wives. This year, this year, this uh, week, we are doing, the episode's called What Goes Around. It's season two, episode 13. It came out April 15th of uh, 2012, which is interesting because... The last episode that I did with Liz, Junior is a rat, um, came out April first, so they took two weeks off and they came back. And Junior is still a rat, and it was a rumor, but it's becoming very clear that it is probably true. It's being picked up by, by, um, it's being picked up by uh, more main. Stream news uh, news sources. Um, it just, it's very hard to explain what's happening if Junior isn't around. Um, the newspaper articles they show us do mention mob wives, by the way, but we're just gonna pretend we didn't see that because they're not gonna break the fourth wall for us. Um, I guess at this point, Renee can't be in denial anymore. She's devastated for her father, her kid, but most of all herself. Um, Karen's at her apartment, her mom, Debbie, calls to talk about Renee's situation and first thing she wants to remind us is that this is very different from uh, Sammy's situation which is very rich I mean it seems they're they're trying so hard to make sure we know it's separate and I do think it's separate I do think wearing a wire to get people to say things on the wire in order to testify is very different from being like well I was there and I saw the thing that's that's I do think those are different things. That said, I do find it so, like I said, rich that um, Karen and her mom are so, like, we need to make sure, we need to fucking make sure that they know this is different. (laughs) I agree, but stop bringing it up. (laughs) Um, Debs reminds Karen that people will smile on your face when shit like this goes down and talk right behind your back just like they did to them, just like Drita. And, yeah, Debs is mad at Drita, but Karen says she's put that behind her. Also, during this conversation, Karen says that her mother is old school and her her man is her man no matter what. So, wait, Debbie and Sammy are still together even on his second stint in prison? That's a real ride-or-die bullshit. As soon as I get the call that goes, this is a collect call from an inmate. I'd be like, oh, I'm single. <laughs> That's rude. But it is true. I Like like I said, I've grown up with... I, my bio dad has been in prison all my life. I, that's the only prison I'm, I'm doing. Sorry. Um, but okay. All right, Debs. Old school. Your man is your man. Next, we see that Drita's going to go see Renee. Now, they have not been speaking to each other. It's the Poconos shit. And to recap what happened in the Poconos, it started before the Poconos. Drita... Mm. Okay. Uh, Renee asked did she hear Ramona saying some whack shit about uh, Junior? Uh, whack at the time. I don't, I don't know how whack it is after he's, testif- after he's informed on your father. But <laughs> um, basically that he's like nobody or nothing and he'd be nothing without Um, Renee, and that the only reason he was with Renee is to be close to Renee's father, yada, 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 And that apparently, uh, Renee's sister-in-law told uh, Renee that that Drita had said, that Ramona had said this, and Renee was mad at Ramona. At the Poconos, Renee hasn't taken her meds, just what she told us in a fun little voice. I'm not taking my meds. I'm like, let's go home. But <laughs> she's not taking her meds. She's drinking. And she blurts out that Drita has told this to her. She blurts out to Ramona. Ramona starts screaming. And this convinces Renee that Drita's a liar. And Drita was not there, but Carla was. So when Carla got home, she said, by the way, Renee's mad. Because she thinks that you're lying about that now. And Drita sent her a very long email, I guess, on the Blackberry. It wasn't a BBM. I don't. I think they had. Yeah, BBMs had uh, uh, character counts, character count limits, but a very long email on Blackberry. And that's where it's been at. And they haven't really been talking. But Drita decides to go over Renee's house. Now, do I realize that? Obviously Renee knows Drita's coming over. She's on the call sheet. Do I realize that? Yeah. That said, what is being presented to me is that Drita that Drita has decided to just go. And she shows up and and Renee opens the door and Drita just just basically starts hugging her. Just grabs her and whispers, I love you, Renee. And like It <laughs> it made me like feel a bit mushy because I have friends like that that, like, I really don't care. Like, like, I, I if we're in an argument, I don't care. If I need to get there, I need to get there. You know, I have friends like that who do that for me, who I would do that for. And I don't know. It was heartwarming. Um, Renee says, tells us that Drita showing up like this, says that Drita's loyal to her and their friendship. And they both apologize. And I guess that's the end of it. I don't know. Maybe it'll come back up. This is Mob Wives, and this is Renee we're talking about. So they talk about Junior, and Renee tells Trita that Junior was cooperating before he moved back in. Now, one thing that came from this convo is that Renee gave us a timeline. I thought Junior had been there like seven months, eight months. He'd only been there three months, and he'd been informing for at least a year. Um, he She says that he used her to spy and to put her father in prison, And honestly, she's not wrong. She's questioning whether any of it was real. Did he love her? Did he want to fuck her? Like she said, intimacy, but you know, fuck. And was anything he said real? Was it all a lie? That is a a reasonable question to have, Renee. That's a reasonable question to have, especially considering that he only wanted to have sex with her from behind. I will never stop bringing this up. And all of a sudden he's looking her in the face. I don't know. Drita says that people hurt people all the time if they love. Like it doesn't mean he didn't love her. And like, here's the thing like I can believe that too. Like, if I were I would be saying the same thing. I don't know that Drita doesn't love Renee. I know he's a fuck boy. He probably doesn't respect Renee in any kind of way. But he probably loves her. He probably they might even like I got a feeling or oh, I would like to hear Junior's side. I wonder what Junior thought was gonna happen. Were they gonna Did he think Renee would find a way to forgive him? Because she's forgiven him for everything else. And that they would somehow, like, he she do the bid with him. Is that what he thought was gonna happen? I don't know. They all start crying. Ugh. Next we see Karen recording her audiobook. Listen, Karen doesn't need to record an audiobook. I am a firm believer that audiobooks should be performed should be performed, yeah, by performers. And so unless you are like a comedian who performs, right? Or um, an entertainer of some sort, you don't need to read your own audiobook. You really don't. D- Karen didn't even write this book. A ghostwriter b- wrote it. And I'm not saying that in a fuck Karen type of way. Karen is not a writer. Why would she write this book? She, you know, with the help of a ghost writer or not a ghost writer per se, because her name's on the fucking book, but with the help of, um, of a writer put this book together, right? So why does she have to read it? She's not famous enough that we expect to hear her voice. I just, I bet it was a lot of work. To, like recording an audiobook is fucking work and it's a lot of work if you're not used to doing it. I don't, I don't, I don't know why she's doing it. Maybe do they not? Mm, do they not want to pay her? Like, do they not want to pay a professional? And they just add like, I, did she get? Did she negotiate for another? Who did she publish this through? Through because your advance for writing the book and your royalties for writing the book are separate from the audiobook and also the fee for being the the person who reads is separate so if in her contract she it says that she's gonna read the audiobook for the same amount as what her split is on the royalties from the audiobook she got fucked because that is a cheap way to do things I'm convinced that is the that is how that is why Bobby Brown reads his own audiobook that is why I don't believe Bobby Brown can read he was looking at he, the way he was reading is if he had never encountered these letters together before and I and Listen, if he if he's not a great reader, I I understand. He's been supporting his fucking fan. He's been he supported his whole family since he was fucking eleven years old. He was on the fucking road when he was twelve. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go to school much. <laughs> <Just> like, yeah, <laughs> I believe Bobby Brown is a slow reader. Mm, I believe that. <laughs> but so he's the worst audiobook I've ever listened to with a person who. who Again, he had a ghost read it, but still, the person who wrote the book um, also read it. The best one I've ever listened to, and and it's not because she was so like an amazing voice actress it was Mariah Carey. And the reason is Mariah Carey sang a lot through her through her book. She did. She she sang a lot. Um, like Mariah Carey is a personality, and it all came through the book. And I can't imagine someone else reading that to us. Did I want her book to be more in chronological order? Yeah. But uh, that's, I bet you Mariah Carey isn't in chronological order. So it all, like, tracked. Jessica Simpson read her book, but she cried a lot through it. (laughs) She cried a lot through it. A lot of, and I asked Jesus. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Stop crying about Jesus. Yeah, that's. Just but, but yeah, watching this, I was like, mm, She doesn't need to do it. Um I'll say this. Lee is all up and through this fucking book, and Drita is in this book. I don't remember reading this book. Did I read this fucking book? Maybe I need to listen to the audiobook and do a bonus episode. I don't know. But if you recall, this was a fucking problem in season one. You know, we ain't gonna be talking about Leah's father. <laughs> This book. Lee said he didn't want to fucking be in the book. Don't put his name in the book. And Drita said, uh, don't be talking about Aaliyah's father. I, and, and the amount of times I say Aaliyah's father in a week, I don't know why no, i name Aaliyah. I need to start doing it with my kids when I'm talking about my husband. I'll be like, we ain't gonna be talking about Bear Bear's father like this, okay? Alright? Because if we, you got a problem with Bear Bear's father, you got a problem with me. <laughs> Speaking of Drita, Drita's training for a fight. She's getting into the... Comp- the. She's gonna like boxing competitions. That's what she wants to do. She's just bringing it back to her childhood. She says, you play with dolls, but I ran on mountains with snow up to my thighs with weights on my ankles. What the fuck are you talking about, Drita? What mountains? You live in the projects in Staten Island. Stop it. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Le- Drita is lying. And I hate when we talk about these fights and where we have to, I don't know that Drita is a liar. I wouldn't call her a liar in general, but I feel like her pers—her her like her role on the show, her character on the show is a street fighter. And so she's got to talk like this. Now, do I believe Drita got into all kinds of fights throughout high school, middle school and high school, like she was fighting all the time in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I believe as a teenager, she was getting into street brawls with other bitches out, down in Staten Island? Yeah, girl, yeah. Uh-huh. Do I do, do? I think in her early 20s she'd be up in Big Angel's bar breaking the shit up? Yeah. But do I believe that Drita, as an elementary school kid, you know, while I was playing my dolls, she was doing Rocky-type training on a mountain? No, I don't, fucking Drita. No, I don't. Why do we have to say that? I know that and I'm actually, I guess, this happens more in reality shows than I would than I would acknowledge. acknowledge but I know that there are pe- that producers often give them lines to say and stuff like that. And I just wish they had done less of that with Drita because Drita's truth is actually interesting enough for us to be like having that conversation. We don't need Drita telling me she boxed Golden Gloves when she was seven years old. And I don't believe that. Um, Big Ange, next thing, Big Ange goes to see Renee because she's worried about her. I understand we're on a TV show, okay? Like I said, Renee obviously knows these people are coming, but they keep presenting to us that these people are just showing up at Renee's house. And just watching that, Stresses me out. Just watching that stresses me out. Knowing that someone might show up at my house unannounced, especially if I was in like so low, like Renee, I would n- I would never. Don't even contact me. Just let me fucking be. When I start tweeting again, you know, you know it's fine to contact me. Um, Renee says that AJ won't talk about anything. And Big Ange says, "Okay, leave him alone." Yeah, listen to Big Ange. Leave him fucking alone. Stop, stop like poking at him and, and trying to get him to say what you want him to say. He, we don't have to do that. Um, Renee says she can't. She, He needs to be prepared for when someone says these things to his face. Okay, I agree. I agree to that. Because you guys know. What do I always say? Don't let your kids get murdered out here. Like... <laughs> what the fuck is that girl's name? Michelle Trachtenberg and harriet the spy murdered that little girl when she told her her business don't let it happen you talk to your kids about this shit you tell them what's up and then you if like you walk through like you talk to them so they know what how to respond like what what are what the family line is on this you know what i'm saying And you do not let somebody else. You do not let them get sprayed with their own tea. I get that. However, that's a one. AJ, seventeen years old. That's one conversation, guys. Um, that's not. You don't have to call him down every day. Every interaction. Every time you see him, like that's not necessary. Make sure he has the information he needs, and then leave him alone, like he asked you to. Make sure he knows that you can talk to him and leave him alone. Renee wants to protect AJ from people, she says, that were just like she was when Karen's father did the same thing. And she's right. And also, like, I want to be clear, though. AJ is not Karen. Okay? AJ, the way AJ grew up is not as enmeshed in mob life as Karen was. And, like... They were always preparing AJ for not being a part of that lifestyle, right? Um, they always kind of. First of all, he's not even around his father that much. Poppy was in prison since he's been in elementary school. Like AJ, AJ is far more of a metal soprano than he is a Karen Gravano. If you understand what I'm trying to say here, not that like I've seen, I've seen the whole series multiple times. You guys understand what I'm trying to say here, and that it, and that he spends his life even even though he knows what he knows it is it doesn't have as much of an effect on his life as um as a teenager as it did with karen not all his friends are all not all the children of mobsters you know what i'm saying like he he's very separated from i please don't like dm me or text me or email me or tweet me about this i know that metal ends up in a very circular way and that by the end of the show, she is very much in a space that she didn't that she didn't intend to be. But understand that I'm just using it as an example that AJ is not like being groomed to be to take over his father's like his, his father's criminal enterprises. That's not what is happening here. And so, I don't know. Junior's not really part of his life. Poppy just got back from prison. It is possible that AJ, obviously his life has changed, but it's also possible that AJ's core support system, his friends and stuff, are not dependent on this, right? And that while somebody might like say something to him in school about what's going on or, you know, whatever, it's not the same as... As like Karen, who legit thought her best friends coming to pick her up to talk to her were coming to whoop her ass. Like that's not. It's it's different. It's different. Next, Karen is going to see Renee, and Renee's packing up AJ AJ Junior stuff. Um, he left a lot of stuff in her house. Uh she's ready to put the relationship to bed. Finally, she said, "There's not going to be any Renee Junior and AJ Happy Family." I'm gonna be honest, Renee. There never was going to be I, I told you that at the beginning of this fucking season. It, there never was going to be one. But I'm glad that she realizes it now. She apologizes to Karen. Again for the way she treated her. Back in the day when her father cooperated. She says she goes to bed every night. Apologizing and praying. To, her, to Karen's mother and father. For things she said. And things she did all those years and years ago. Renee says that. She describes Renee Graziano as a person she used to be. She doesn't want... She says last year she thought of herself as Anthony's daughter and Junior's wife. Kills me every time she doesn't put the X in there. And she, she basically was like, don't make me make that phone call. And now she has to stand on her own and that's scary as fuck. Basically she's saying that she doesn't want to be a part of this lifestyle. Especially now that she is being... She's gonna be ostracized. Like, she, as long as, as long as she was held in a place of respect in this community, she definitely wanted it. She she was a mob princess. That's what she wanted. But now that she realizes that people are gonna look down on her and shit, she does not want to be part of the lifestyle anymore. And like, I love the idea of Renee realizing that she, it's her it's her heart. It's her it's her. Person making the decisions, and and that she needs to stand up on her own. I love that. It's about twenty years too late, in my opinion. But you know what? Better, better late than never. Great. But I'm not. I cannot stop thinking about the idea that when it was her turn to do the ostracizing, right? To do all the shit talking and the, your father's a rat and all this other stuff. It was fine. But then when she's when. And she hasn't even actually received anything bad yet. People have just been talking. She hasn't like no one's, no one said you can't you can't sit with us anymore. No, that hasn't happened. That's what happened with Karen. Like overnight, people who were friends that she hung out with, she was cool with, were just like, nah, we don't fuck with you no more. Th- that's not what's happening with Renee. But even the thought that it might happen, she's like, okay, when well, I'm done with this, and that. There's not a lot of honor in that. Not that not that I expect a lot from Renee, but there just isn't. Um, I understand where she's coming from, but and th- I do appreciate this. Um, you guys know I despise people who get on reality TV and refuse to give us anything. Right? They just want. They only want to show you what they prepared, what's new and shiny and perfect. They only want to do that. And I understand why you want to do that. I would want to do that. That's why I don't get on reality TV, right? Because I don't. Because I don't know. I I don't know that I could be that vulnerable on TV with millions of strangers watching me and judging me, and it goes on forever. And then maybe fucking maybe ten years later, some bitch has a podcast called Buy Pumpkin and does a recap of and just talks about you again. You know, like I I get it. Um, I've been watching Married at First Sight mostly so my mom will leave me alone. It's hard for me to get through Married at First Sight these days, mostly because the producers are intent on, I get that we want to see some drama, but I'm pretty sure they're making their matches based on what brings drama and is ruining people's lives. But okay. Um, But I am watching it. It's just so like when I have my daily call with my mom, she's going to be like, okay, let's talk about this. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't watch you know, I got to be up on Potomac. I got to be... She knows I don't watch Stacey and Darcy. And I remember this one time I was talking. I was like, Ma, I want to talk about this, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I cannot talk to you. Stacey is doing this with the... You know, Stacey's going back with this. I was like, oh, my God. You don't even know Stacey. I mean, you gave birth to me. And she's like, well, okay. When Stacey and Darcy go off, I'll call you back. Did she call me back? No, she fucking didn't. But um, I got to be up on Potomac. I got to be up on Married at First Sight. If mom... I got to be up on love and hip-hop because my mother's going to want to talk about it. So I'm watching Married at First Sight and there's a guy on there named Johnny and he, I believe he's Vietnamese and his wife is Vietnamese. And that's the first, I don't think we've had Asian people on Married at First Sight or if we did, they were paired with a white person. Um, and, but Johnny's real immature. No, he's not immature. Johnny likes things the way he fucking likes them. And I, like, I have a lot of empathy for that. If I, like, at one point he's crying to the camera because he's like, I just thought I was going to get a perfect wife. And no, she's not perfect. (laughs) One, nobody's perfect, Johnny. Nobody's perfect. And just because you wrote down a list of things you want doesn't mean that's what you're going to get. And if you did get it, she'd still be a person who, a sentient being who's allowed to do and things and think things and have opinions. And it's not gonna be what you want. And I would love to make more fun of Johnny, but I can't because that's how I would react if I was on this show and I had to try to make it work with somebody who who just mildly inconvenienced me. Like they used the wrong soap. And like the way they smelled. I came home once. And my husband had rearranged the living room furniture and put a different scent in the Glade plug-ins. And we got into a big fight because I told him I did not feel safe in my own home. I was very upset. I believe I cried. I, I He got very angry. We fought. I believe it was hours later that I was calm enough to actually sit down and realize I did like the way the furniture was I mean, we had to change the plugins, but I did like the way the furniture was. But I am a person who controls my environment. I like my shit the way I like my shit, okay? Do do not let me leave this house and you switch everything up. Don't do that. And so I get it. I get it. And (laughs) the reason I'm talking about this is because as much as like, I understand how Johnny feels. I appreciate that he's talking to the camera and telling us these things as opposed to hiding them. And I appreciate Renee, okay, for rolling around the floor where we can see her as opposed to like just refusing to film for three weeks. And I do think her sister being the executive producer of the show, you know, executive producer isn't on the ground all the time, but I bet that, you know, having the fact that this is her sister's show Renee's. This is her second season, so you know Renee gets chummy with everybody. Um, so she probably knows her film producer pretty well at this point, and her cameraman and all that. And I think this contributed to it, but I appreciate and I respect Renee for being on a reality TV show and showing us the real. I respect that. That when it's not right, when it's not pretty, when it's not easy, she's still filming. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people get on the TV and tell you any old fucking lie, Erica Jane. A lot of people are hypocrites in which they will be messy as fuck, so fucking messy all day, every motherfucking day. And when it's somebody else, we can all talk about. It. But when your husband is assaulting crew members and his dick is all over Grinder, then then it's my family, my family, Ashley can't fucking stand Ashley I can't stand her I'm glad that she does the things she needs to do she's an important part of the show but I cannot stand her holier than thou shit when she brings her sexual predator of a husband on a fucking tv show and she's the reason I gotta look at his watery bulldog eyes every fucking week Ashley fuck you okay (laughs) but um yeah I, I appreciate that Renee is is like going through this on camera, even though I do think it's a little, you know, convenient. I mean, she's still the queen of doing the most whenever. So Drina's back to the boxing stuff. She's sparring with a kid. She says he looks like he's like, he's really exercising. He looks tough. This kid looks 12 years old. Okay. He's probably not. He's probably 19, 18. I would be very shocked if he was over 22. He looks young. Um, I was like, Drita, that's like spanking a child. Don't do that. (laughs) Also, she mentions that her ex-boyfriend, because they're they're asking her about like, has she ever lost a fight? Because she could possibly lose a fight if she goes into this competition. She says she mostly has won her little street fights, but this one time she had an ex-boyfriend that was in a situation and they were cutting her ex-boyfriend. I don't know if they were holding him because what was he standing still while they were cutting him? And she says she ran up and kicked one of the dudes and they beat her ass. I'm like, damn, Drita. Like, I really did, I don't know, I just thought it was it was more like girls fighting in a bar, not you fighting some grown-ass men while your man's getting stabbed. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, during the sparring, she gets tired, and she's like, in a street fight, you can just end it. I was like, can you? She's like, yeah, you can just run away. At some point, she starts to get upset, right? Because, I mean... He is hitting her because he's supposed to spar with her. And she ends up like kind of getting emotional. She ends up kicking the kid, which is against the rules. You can't kick people. And then she said something that like, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Drita, you got it. Someone with an anger problem, you should not be boxing. It, you, you're just getting more emotional about things and... It doesn't teach you not to have anger. It doesn't teach you what to do, and, I, and you know I don't think anger management is about not having anger anyway. I think anger management is about recognizing what makes us angry, uh, preventing our, like making sure we're not in those situations and when it does happen, giving us the tools and practice of like, what to do with our anger as opposed to like exploding. But here, you're just hitting people, which is what you like to do anyway. So I don't think this is what you should be doing. She's getting all riled up and shit. Yeah, you should be boxing. (laughs) So, um, Carla and Karen meet up. And Carla essentially says that, one, Junior wasn't worth all this shit. I agree with Carla. He wasn't. She says Renee wanted him, but no one wanted him for her. He was lying, cheating, calling this one fucking that one. She says it's probably the best thing for Renee that Junior is gone. And that, like, he's gone because he's done something that's unforgivable. Like... Nobody ever, like, there's no way you can walk down the street with Junior again. There's no way. Like, I thought there was no way you could walk down the Junior after he had a baby on you while you were married. But apparently I was wrong. But this, th- you can't. People are going to, like, people are very, um, not understanding. I guess tolerant is the word of, of, of like, you falling in love with a fuckboy and letting him run all over you and shit. People are, people are very tolerant of that because a lot of people are doing it. But there is no way he can inform on your father and the two of you can go to somebody's birthday party together. It's not going to work. Um, I think that's what, what Carla's saying. Karen says that Renee was very wrapped up in the mob world and that this terrible thing happening might be her first step of walking away from it and realizing that that is the life her father chose, okay? And uh, that's a life that Junior chose, but it's not the life... Renee doesn't have to choose that life. Renee can do other things. Renee can move away from this lifestyle if she wants to. Then Carla says that Renee had to know something wasn't right because Junior was acting weird. She says a lot of people said something was up with Junior. He was acting weird with a lot of people. Karen thinks it was just normal he's going to prison drama. To us, Karen says Carla needs to be careful because she's on the edge of saying that Renee knew Junior was cooperating. That's a big thing to be saying. I agree that's a big thing to say, but Carla didn't say that. Um, so Renee goes to yoga to relax with her friend, Nicole, and after class, they stay in the room like nobody fucking does ever, unless you're filming a reality TV show. They send these people on these activities, and then the person leaves to go, I don't know, tidy up, and then they film. No one does things like that. That's not how it works. But fine, we gotta film somehow. Renee tells Nicole that, that that she's heard that Carla has been saying that Renee knew about Junior wearing a wire and informing on her father. I'll say this. There is no way anyone thinks that. There's no way. I don't, I don't know where she heard that from, whether it was from Karen or from somebody else or whatever. I don't know if Carla's been saying that off camera. It's not what she said on camera. But there is no fucking way anybody thinks that's true. It's just not possible. Renee is not that great of an actress. She just isn't. Uh, if she is, she needs to be on that next, the next boring ass prestige drama that they're gonna bore us to fucking death with next year. Women in the cold with bleary eyes. That she needs to be on there because she's an amazing actress. Um, like I'm willing to say, Renee should have never fucked around with Junior after she, after they got broke up. I'm willing to say she was Debbie Desperado, and she looked desperate, acted desperate, and everyone could feel it on her. Um, she had a lot of stars in her eyes about what she was going to do and not do and how they're going to be a family and all this other shit that everybody could tell from a fucking mile away it wasn't going to work. But I am not... there There is no fucking way Renee knew. It's just not possible. Um, So, Drita, Carla, and Big she go get their nails done, right? And Carla complains. I guess Renee, she's got back to her that Renee's mad at her. I... Man, word travels fucking fast. I want to know the people that are sending these text messages that are called, making these calls or whatever. You know, there's so many times I don't even know people are mad at me. I really didn't say anything. They didn't say they were mad, so why, how would I know they were mad? I want to know the people that are texting Renee and being like, Carlos said this about you. Is it production? Is it production? <laughs> but anyway, Carlos says, she says that Renee is bipolar. Uh, She doesn't mean actually bipolar. She's using it as a colloquialism for that she's moody. She has mood swings. Um, She says, you don't know if you're coming or going. She says that ever since Junior became a rat, Renee's paranoid with everybody. I mean, it's mostly Carla talking. And Big Ang and Drita are just looking. And I will say that Big Ang and Drita both say that they've, from... But Big just like, I've been out. You know, I go out all the time. I've only heard people being nice and sympathetic and stuff about, you know, what Renee and AJ must be going through. Andrea says the same. Carla says that's good because Renee is used to talking shit about everybody and everything. And if it had been one of them, Renee would have torn them to shreds. I fucking agree. I fucking agree. Renee would be on this show talking so much fucking shit about Carla if this had happened to Carla so much shit she should have known you know I can't sleep with no I can't sleep with a rat because I would have known I would have smelled a rat on him when he came to bed that's the shit Renee would have been talking absolute carla's Carl correct I think carla is just talking I don't know I feel carla's a bit non-confrontational so I don't remember what happens next because carla's I feel like Carla's talking right now, and I'm wondering what Carla's gonna be saying when she sees Renee. That's all. So, but Carla says this. She says, Renee's not a true friend. I also agree. She says, Renee lets her get in her and lets other people get in her ear and she believes whatever someone's saying to her at the time. Agree. She says, Renee is like a puppet. Double agree. I've said that. It, it all depends on who she's around at the time. And then. So the next scene we see, Dorita is calling off her fight. Well, she should have done in the fucking first place. She do not need to be fighting. She's a grown woman. She says she wants to model. What's they hit you in the fucking face, Dorita? That's what they're supposed to be trying to hit you in the face. You have two kids. You're a single mom. You can't... People die in boxing sometimes. They do. You can die in the ring. You should... You are a single mom and their father's in prison. You shouldn't do anything you could die in. You probably shouldn't even be driving. <laughs> you, should, you should walk everywhere. Those fucking kids, you should walk everywhere. (laughs) Uh, She should, and and if you want, for your anger management, you should be in yoga with Renee. You should learn how to meditate or do calligraphy or something. This is not what you should be doing. You should not be learning how to technically be a better fighter. No, you shouldn't. So, next we see Carla and her family. Joe is coming over to fuck Carla under the Christmas tree. We don't get to see it, I just know it happens. (laughs) <laughs> they do it too much they do it too fucking much <laughs> he's still cute to me I don't know, he's got dimples he's thick, I'm into it um <laughs> the kids are happy though they're doing a Christmas tree, they're putting up the decorations and shit um, the kids are very happy to have their father there's their first Christmas with him in a very long time uh, Carla's happy too she's over there telling him she can't find something, he's the one to put it up he was like, nine years ago, that wasn't me <laughs> I wasn't here last year. You can't blame this shit on me. It's cute. And then it is signed that Joe's going to spend the night on Christmas Eve because the son said that that's what he wanted them to do. And we always do what eight, nine-year-olds want us to do. <laughs> so tired of watching these fucking shows where four-year-olds decide whether or not you're going to visit prison and eight-year-olds decide if your ex is going to stay the night. <laughs> this is inappropriate, but fine. I'm I'm just fine. The kids all go to bed early. Santa Claus comes. Carla and Joe, you know, do it on the kitchen counter. I don't fucking <laughs> know. Carla says she's gonna focus on her family. And Renee should do the same. Agreed. I, I, Carla makes good points. She's just boring, and she's and she's. I feel like she's a scaredy cat. So, <laughs> so Renee and AJ go out to eat, and he says. At the table they're sitting at sucks, and it does. And the reason it sucks is because it is a bunch of two tops that the a restaurant obviously moves around based on who, who who they need to see, and so it's a two top set very closely to like three two tops together, two two. It's it's too close, and if the, if people were actually there, it would be. Like there's no way you could have a conversation at your table and, and the other people not be involved in it. There's there's no way, um, but there's no one there because you're filming for a reality TV show. Either way, Renee says we'll get used to sitting at two seaters because this, it's just gonna be me and you forever. And I know like AJ don't want to hear there's gonna be you and him forever, Renee. He's already plotting to get the fuck out of there. I don't I don't know how they got AJ to do this, guys. He they want to tell. Him, She wants to tell him that Christmas is not going to be what they expected this year. Yeah, because AJ's four fucking years old. And he has to be reminded again that his father's in prison and he took Poppy with him and they're not going to get out and come home. This is (laughs) obviously. AJ knows Christmas is going to be the same. You don't have to tell AJ uh, Jr. and Poppy aren't going to be at Christmas dinner because how else would he know? What the fuck? She I mean, she tells him and asks him if he's okay and he says yeah and she asks if he's being honest. Now, this is the thing, she should leave it at that. I, I definitely would have thought, okay, he's a teenage boy, he's not he's not super emotionally intelligent, he's not very in touch with his feelings because we've raised him badly. <laughs> and yeah, I'd be thinking, Okay, maybe he's not being honest, but I wouldn't push it because the way she keeps pushing is that the only right answer is I'm upset, everything's terrible, I don't I can't live like this that's that's you keep pushing him because you want him it feels like you want him to say that and it's just not fair um you know if if he doesn't cry you're like oh he's lying and maybe he doesn't feel like crying i just reassure him that i'm there i'm doing what needs to be done um and if he needs anything come to me and i'll either handle it or i'll brainstorm away for you to handle it i'm doing everything that we can do i got you i'm here um, things are gonna be different because you know, Poppy's not there, so I mean, is Renee not even allowed to go to her father's house if her father's in prison? Or, like, two questions is she never allowed to, like, before her father got out of prison, was she not allowed to go to see her mother? And, like, is she is she excommunicated from family events? And two, was she not before this, but she is now? That's that's what I have questions about, but yeah, like. I, I would just like reassure him like, yeah, you know, it's me and you, but we got this. And if you need something, I'm like, I'm doing everything I need to be doing. i will handling everything. I don't want you to worry about it. And if you have any worries or you need to talk, you know where I'm at. That's how I would handle this. But it would be easy for me to do that because he wouldn't have spent two straight weeks with me howling all night long and rolling around the floor soaked in Chardonnay and, and cigarette ashes. That's, I wouldn't have done that. So he would believe me. Like Karen was saying, like her father, her mother stepped up and took care of everything. And she believed in her mother because she was doing that. I I don't want to make it, I hope I'm not coming off as like, oh, Renee can't have feelings, fuck Renee, all that type of thing. I I get it. I Renee's feelings are valid, but I don't know. It's like she forgot that there's somebody, like, she has to take care of this person. And you cannot just lie on the floor and die. You just can't do it. You have to get up. Your son's there. I don't, I don't know. He says, what's done is done. And Renee says she'll never get to see his father again. Get is an interesting choice of words. Right? As if that's a thing that you want. So that it, it's obvious Renee really wants to see Junior. And probably won't because of pride or what other people might say. And, like, I think that's normal, right? I think that I would have a lot of questions. I'd want to speak to Junior. I'd want to be like, Junior, what the fuck? I want to see what he has to say about the thing. But Renee has, all through this episode, Renee's basically been like, it's over. I'm done. I'm throwing, this stuff is gone. Yeah, okay, well. But you're, here you are like, I'm never going to get to see him again. The honest to God truth is that I believe that Renee definitely wrote Junior at some time during 11 years. She didn't go see him because I think it, people would have found out if she went to go see him. But she wrote him. I don't know what it was said, though. I don't know if she wrote him like, like, you broke up our entire family. You left your son. And, da, 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 and you betrayed me. I don't know how she wrote him. Did, did she, like was the was the the last third of the letter like you know I thought we were gonna be together I still love you I still think about you but I will never forgive you like I don't I but I'm pretty sure she wrote I'm she contacted him um AJ says if that's her choice that's her choice he tells her to do what she thinks is best that was her father that's her family she stick with her family and. She's like, okay, I will. She tells us that she has to take her father's side. Again, the words are interesting. Have to. As if she doesn't have a choice. Like, as if she doesn't say this is the right way to do things. I'm taking my father's side. Have to, as if uh, as if she doesn't she doesn't want to. Um. Anyway, she says she has to take her father's side, but it's more complicated for, for AJ. But to be honest, it doesn't seem that complicated for AJ. AJ's just like It feels like AJ, me and Liz talked last week. It seems like AJ has decided that, you know, his father's his father. And it's not like he was seeing his father all the time anyway. And if, you know, he'll write his father, he'll see his father when he needs to. It seems like that's AJ's way of, of like, handling it. By the way, like, it's, like, literally two days after me and Liz recorded that fucking last episode. And the day that it came out, um i happen to be looking on the ashley i sometimes look at the ashley's like around the around the world or around the internet what's been going on and there isn't an, there i don't go to sarcasm i go to the, the ashley sarcasm had an article about how aj is facing federal charges for unemployment fraud and i was like you know the reason i do old shit is so i don't have to do breaking breaking news so i could just like you know, I, I can take breaks from shit. doesn't matter. I mean, we'll pick it up where we left off. I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, Renee's like, he was 20 when it happened. I don't know when it happened, to be honest. Um, I believe it happened before the pandemic. And Liz uh, has a theory that the reason, normally you just pay that shit back. Like, if you get overpaid in unemployment, they send you saying you've been overpaid and you pay it back. And They don't, like, immediately charge you. You know what I'm saying? They'll just be like, oh, you got money when you weren't supposed to get it. But Liz mentioned that maybe he blew them off. And I was like, Yeah, that might that that sounds about right. That sounds like he got you know, he kept claiming unemployment even though he started working again. I don't know how he did that in New York. New York is very good about that. <laughs> you log in to claim your unemployment, everybody like, Congratulations on your new job Like literally that's what the screen says it says congratulations on your new job. You don't get on. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, um maybe he was he's he works construction, so maybe was one of those things where they didn't like um, it's, I don't know, the company he was working for may have reported his income later, or whatever. And then they're like, oh, you got too much money. It's possible. Um, it's so funny that like, like Renee is like, it's been paid back and this is side I'm like, okay, obviously it's gonna be dropped down, right? This is not, this is, it's not nobody's best interest to prosecute this. <laughs> it's going to be dropped down. He's going to plead out to something minor and it's going to be, it's going to be um, a misdemeanor A misdemeanor, and he's got to do community service. It's going to be restitution and, and don't get in trouble for a year. You know, it's going to be some shit like that. But it was just so interesting that it came, that I read it as soon as the episode came out. And we were just talking about how A.J. seems to be. You know, it seems like A.J. has moved on um, from his father and his grandfather. I, I I just don't think, I don't know. You know, sometimes I tell people my father's been in prison for, I mean, essentially my entire life. And, I don't know, they think it's had this profound effect on me. And I'm not saying it doesn't have any effect on me. I mean... I spent my entire life visiting a man in prison, you know? I know all about prison because of him. Um, I have on my to-do list to send him money because I need to send him a certain amount of money a month so that he doesn't have to eat the food served to him because he's got food poison multiple times a year. Like, but it's also not my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, like what happens with him is very different than like upfront what my life is and i can imagine aj it's a very it's a lot of separation for aj too like yeah it is terrible that his father is in prison his grandfather did he die in prison his grandfather had to go back to prison and it's because of his father and you know but i don't know if that's like in the forefront of aj's mind all the time i think he always thought his parents were crazy i think he did he wasn't very close with his father. His father didn't show up a lot of times and he and his, pa- his parents fall a lot when they were around each other so you didn't want to be around anyway, you know. Your father comes, you're like, okay, Ma, get out of here because you don't want to do the fucking fight and argue and shit. And you got this overly emotional mother who sucks the life, who sucks the air out of every room, whose emotions are like your third parent and she's been affected by it and she talks about it all the time. I'm sure she talks about it all the fucking time. I'm sure she brings it up all the time. I'm sure it's a big deal. And, and like... I don't know. I don't. But it seems like it makes sense that AJ moved on from this. And this is just like a detail of his life and not necessarily in the forefront of his mind. Whereas for Renee, I bet you if you meet Renee, then she tells you about this within like, I don't know, the first four hours of knowing you. I bet you this is like in the forefront of Renee's mind. And I can understand why. I just like. My son's on the edge. My son, my son. I'm like, all right, well, my son's family's broken up. I don't know. Your son's family seemed to always be broken up. I don't know if he can tell the difference. I don't know if this has affected him. I don't know the reason he kept claiming unemployment was because his father did this to his grandfather. I think the reason he kept claiming unemployment is because he couldn't. He was dumb and stupid and and a kid. And I'm not not really ready to condemn AJ because I'm not... I'm not sure if at his age I would have, like, not done the same thing. I would have probably shitted myself when I got the email or the, the, the document from unemployment saying, Girl, we caught you. Run, run us our money. Run, run us our money. <laughs> but, whatever. Guys, that's the end of the episode. I'm just babbling at this point. I'm exhausted. Um, I am going to go to sleep. Um, I am going to get back on the Celebrity Rehab Horse this week, so on Thursday, be looking for your episode, I might have a guess. we'll see, and thanks for listening, later.